This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright. And I'm Adam Scalina. And Corey, we've got a fantastic show today. Super excited. We've got Jacob Steiner on the program. He is in charge of special projects at Steiner Properties. Really excited to have Jacob on the program. Amazing family history that unfolds during the interview. And a lot of people may not recognize the Steiner name, but if you're, let's say, late 30s and older, the Steiner family is the one that opened and operated A&B Sound. So one thing we didn't ask was what A&B stands for, but that's a, that's that's a, that's a Google show. search. That's a Google search for me later on. Well, no, but yeah, isn't that amazing? Because I, I re- like there was HMV, there was A&B Sound. Future Shop. Future Shop. It feels very, that was kind of nostalgic to hear that. Yeah. And also you could kind of, in, in a lot of Jacob's answers, like they would have been fighting off. They would have been like the box store kind of yeah. fighting off, um, you know, your Apple music yep. and uh, all your different streaming. Well, think uh, about all know. the times like on Boxing Day that you would line up and go in sure. and you'd get CDs. Like that was the big thing. Like, you know, pay for three, get four. Right. right? And you're sitting there and you're rummaging through all the things just to try to find the one you're looking for. So when you think about how much album art mattered, yeah. Like, cause often you just have to go and pick a CD based on yeah. what it looked like. Yeah. No, I, I remember, you know, getting there, whatever the release date was to get the newest Nickelback album. Yeah. Yeah. I was the only, I was the only one there though. Just don't bring yeah. it up when we're recording. Yeah. Yeah. There's no one else in line. I was the only guy there. <laughs> the so I buy three or four just to make them feel good. <laughs> and still a fan today. This is actually, it's a great conversation. We are talking Nanaimo. Yeah, and I I want to bring bring this back to um well now it's several episodes ago but we had Rod from your office yes. on yeah it was a program where you guys were basically showcasing the top areas for investment Correct. in BC and number one ended up being Victoria yeah but if I if I'm not mistaken I think Nanaimo might have been number two Nanaimo was an honorable mention on oh the it list. was an honorable but, mention and, yeah. and and the reason why it was honorable mention and not on the list just yet. Because Nanaimo, to draw a comparison, if Victoria was Vancouver, Nanaimo could be Surrey, but in a good way. And I'm talking in a good way with regards to it's the second biggest sort of city off of Victoria. It's about 100,000 people now. And COVID has really pushed a lot of people to go up island. And a lot of the surrounding communities like Ladysmith and Campbell River and all these communities, they kind of funnel down into Nanaimo as their city, for lack of better words. And what we've seen happen with the lack of inventory and just how scarce investment assets have become, not only in Victoria now, but the mainland, which I think originally pushed people into secondary and tertiary markets, that now Victoria is scarce for inventory. So naturally, people start looking up island and Nanaimo is the next biggest city. And when you look at someone who's looking to acquire a piece of real estate from an investment purpose over in the mainland here, they might be paying anywhere between like a two and a half cap rate, maybe as low as that sounds for like a good multifamily asset, maybe lower. Right. Up to maybe like 
three and a half, which we're seeing deals in Chilliwack sell at the three and a half cap rate. So naturally people are like, it takes a lot of money to debt service these things and you got to put a lot down to make them work. Naturally, they start venturing outside of those markets to find out where can my dollar go further. And when you go to Victoria, which has had nothing but spotlight on it for the past couple of years, that becomes maybe your one of your, that or Kelowna, it seems like, become your natural choice. But when there's nothing to pick there, naturally, you go to the next biggest market in that area. And that happens to be Nanaimo. And right. we've seen lots of buildings. And we're not talking about $1 million buildings or $500,000 buildings. We're talking about buildings that are in that three, four, five, six million dollars plus range yeah. that are getting multiple offers. Wow. And it just goes to show the lack of inventory that's available that people are now going into these secondary and tertiary markets, but also the confidence. And Jacob talks a little bit about this, but other developers who are now in Nanaimo, they have a great property there at one commercial street right yep. at the gateway to downtown there that they're going to go through and do a great retail uh, with a second floor conversion from what it is, that they have a really great opportunity to set the tone as you enter downtown Nanaimo. And he talks about how the time is now. So they're clearly feeling it and they're clearly seeing what's going on around them, other developers coming into that marketplace. The market has kind of got to the maturity level now where there's various different industries now that are in Nanaimo now that are helping right. prop it up. And there's also a lot of developing going on, which yeah. is great. I mean, that was something that Nanaimo maybe didn't see five, six, 10 years ago where there was obviously a great vision for the marketplace there, but the private sector's money hadn't got involved just yet. And now we're seeing with mainland developers, island developers that are now coming into that market. They believe it. They see it. And the numbers don't lie. And Jacob speaks a little bit about why the time is now for them to start our properties to do the conversion on their Nanaimo property. Yeah. So I'm excited to hear from Jacob why he's excited about Nanaimo. Why, in thinking about my kind of history of visiting Nanaimo periodically over the past 20 years, you know, there's been moments where it, it throughout the past uh, decade or two where, you know, Nanaimo and, and Kelowna both kind of tough towns, kind yeah. of maybe not super exciting places for people to invest. What's changing? Like, how is the character of, of not, not Kelowna? We've talked about that a lot, but how's the character of Nanaimo changing and why are you excited about it? Well, I think when you look at it, like, like government obviously is like your largest tenant, especially in the office sector in the Victoria marketplace. And you I mean, more and more attention has been put on Victoria, which is, as you've seen a lot of the vacancy rates and most of the asset classes there come down because demand's gone up. And a lot of, and the pricing has gone up along with that. So I think you're going to find what, where I think Nanaimo ends up is you're going to have a lot of businesses. And we're seeing this now where government of Canada offices and government of BC offices in certain departments are looking, are repositioning up to Nanaimo. And I think when you look at the affordability and how expensive Victoria and the greater Victoria markets become, Nanaimo kind of becomes your next opportunity for those people. So people that maybe grew up in Vancouver, that got priced out, they end up in Coquitlam or Maple Ridge or even Abbotsford for that matter. People that get priced out of the greater Victoria area that still want to remain on Vancouver Island, their next natural option becomes Nanaimo or the surrounding cities of Nanaimo. And as Ladysmith grows and as Comox is growing and Campbell River is growing, those towns all feed into Nanaimo as their big city. So there's a lot of opportunity there as that northern part of the island is expanding and growing. Parksville is an exciting opportunity for people getting into Parksville there. And we've been fortunate to do some leasing in some of the shopping centers up there and just seeing how the vacancy rates in those shopping centers is just minimal to none. And the national type tenants that are now wanting to come into those markets that maybe weren't there five years ago. Right, right, right. Well, Corey, without further ado, let's cut to our conversation with Jacob Steiner from Steiner Properties. This week's episode is brought to you by our great friends at Impact Commercial Group. Really enjoy working with Impact Commercial. And uh, we should say Al and his team can basically do anything when it comes to lending. 
anything when it comes to under the commercial umbrella, you're building a building and development, we got you covered. You're buying land, we'll make that happen for you. You're investing in a property or multifamily building, check. Owner occupiers looking to acquire their own space, double check. Anything commercial financing you need, Impact Commercial is your go-to. Impactcommercial.ca. And we should say over 50 years of combined experience. So trust these guys. They're the right fit. Best in the business, in my opinion. All right, we're here with Jacob Steiner of Steiner Properties, and Jacob's in charge of the special projects there. Jacob, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks so much for taking the time today, Jacob. Maybe can we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Where would you guys like me to start? As far back as you're comfortable, but maybe uh, why real estate? That's uh, a long winding road, I guess. I didn't think I was going into real estate. I didn't really know what I was going to do when I was older. I got those dreams that every Canadian boy has of being a hockey player shot down early. I got a reality check, which is always good. It was a conversation with my father that was something like, you know, so-and-so is better than you. And even they might have a tough time going to the show. So, <laughs> start, yeah. yeah, it was like pretty early on. Start studying, start figuring out a different strategy. And a family friend of mine, told me that there's a good real estate program at BIT. And so I started that after a couple of years at UBC where I got to know Harry playing on the rugby team there. And yeah, now I'm pretty much full into it. It's occupying my life day to day. Right now I'm driving between Red Deer to Edmonton to go do some stuff with some of our projects up there. And yeah, I'm loving it. It touches on so many different aspects of other industries that I couldn't imagine doing something else. Just maybe also, uh, Jacob, in thinking about Steiner, can you talk a little bit about Steiner as a company? Yeah. So it's family founded, but there's many different people from different backgrounds now that have joined the team. Started as a retail company in the form of AMB Sound, which my grandfather started, I think in the late 50s, 60s. And then my father, Nick, took over that business and it became a real estate company as it was expanding. Every property that was in Amy Sound was uh, purchased by the company. At the time, I think it was a fallback kind of strategy in case iTunes and LimeWire and all that good stuff disrupted records and CDs and what the business is built on, you'd still have the real estate portfolio to fall back on. And that's how Steiner Properties really started was a long-term strategy, but we've only just recently got into actively selling or acquiring properties, restoring some of those that need work. And in other cases, knocking down and starting from scratch, like on Hastings, we have a mixed-use passive house building that we're finally out of the ground and we've just finished the underground parking and we should be going vertical in March. I can honestly say I've spent a lot of my boxing days lined up mm. outside your family stores to try to get like the, the cheap CD deals. Yeah. Only, uh -huh. only to get in there and find out the Red Hot Chili Peppers CD I wanted was sold out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and now you can just download it. There's no sellout factor on streaming. But <laughs> I think boxing day for Amy Sound really resonated with people. Maybe there's 
a way for us to bring it back. I don't know how, but there's a lot of nostalgia factor there. So with, with the A&B Sound business and obviously kind of the model of acquiring the real estate, I, I, is Steiner Properties still in possession of a lot of the A&B Sound buildings, per se, and, and they've now repurposed them for rental purposes? Uh, yeah, it's been uh, something that's kind of well-known in the industry, at least with the brokerage community, is that we're not sellers. So anything that was in A&B Sound from Regina to... Nanaimo, or I guess Gates and Broad in Victoria, is as far as we stretch, east to west. And it's a very mixed bag of assets that's not typical of a real estate company. You find people start to carve out their niche, whether you're, you know, an apartment brief or you're a retail kind of focused company. We have a bit of everything from industrial to office and a ton of different uses. We've got BC Housing operating a shelter in our Kelowna property, and we've got a Good Life Fitness on Stephen Ave in downtown Calgary. So, yeah, we've kind of fallen into the industry, and now we're just finding what works for us, defining what is diner properties and a portfolio, what do we want it to be. What are the exciting projects I guess Diner has coming up? Is your property there at one commercial street in Nanaimo? the downtown there sort of right as you enter the downtown core there. And, and there's obviously been a lot of activity in Nanaimo as of late. Can you tell us more about what the plans are with that project in downtown Nanaimo? And then maybe why, why launch that project now when you, the building has been part of the portfolio for so many years and hasn't been repurposed just yet? Yeah. The biggest news on that site was murals covering the outside. Yeah, correct. Now. Correct. And I guess it's relative. We should give a caveat that, Nanaimo's recent level of activity doesn't compare to, say, like Surrey Central, where we have a old Amy Sound that's currently the hockey shop. Everybody would be saying build on that site now, but we're a small team, so we can't take on much more than one redevelopment or major restoration project every year. And Nanaimo makes sense for us because it checks those boxes. One, we don't have so many other projects going on that we can't handle it and two the market is ready for it and if those things aren't ready or lined up we can't really put the switch on our sites and yeah right now i'm driving to edmonton and there's a great redevelopment site on calgary trail it's going to be behind the nymo and it might be behind properties that i just left in red deer because we have to have those external factors just kind of the reality of how we operate now, now, selfishly, can you please not redevelop the property in central Surrey because my son is in a hockey craze phase and we end up at the hockey shop, yeah. I think, every weekend. So we have nowhere else to go. So please don't do that anytime soon. You mentioned there about Nanaimo and, and the market's ready for it. What indicators or what have you guys sort of looked at and thought, hey, now is the time for Nanaimo versus maybe were those indicators not there maybe two or three or 10 years ago? Well, I find that the island is like the market was meant to blow up 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and it just never has really until now. And it's kind of like Squamish in that sense, where it's like a constrained land area. You've got the ocean on both sides, and there's like incredible natural environment kind of features there where you can go biking year round, you can trail run 
you've got a well-designed downtown area, but just not a lot of people are moving into, I think, Canada in general. So if you don't have a certain threshold of people in a city, it's hard to say that you can invest however many dollars into a project if you don't know whether or not there's people that go into the shops that you're putting in there, the businesses, if it's a commercial development or if it's homes, people to rent or buy the homes that you're building. So we're seeing those indicators now and we're ready at our scale right now as company to build something. And for this project, it's just a restoration. We're not adding any square footage. It's the same building that was occupied by Amy Sound, just transformed into something new. And the plan for this building would be, you mean a retail component probably on grade. And then as the building scales back, there's a second floor, I believe, to it. Is there, is it an office component you're thinking for the second floor? Or is that a residential play? Uh, we're going to leave it pretty open for the market to tell us which way to go with it. And we've chatted with your team about, is it live work upstairs or is it a co-working space or is it a daycare? I think if we position it, in a way that's just flexible for anybody that's in the market to come and take a look at the space and tell us if it works for them or not. That's what we want to do. But portfolio-wide, we've got a strategy to look at, kind of think of it as categories that a lot of different businesses can fit into. So I mentioned like Calgary, downtown, we've got a good life fitness. We also have fitness at our Victoria location in a small format called Annex Fitness and in Abbotsford, another big box group called Planet Fitness. And for us, we look at health, wellness as kind of a category. So if you put physio in there, if you put gyms and studios like spin studios, yoga, yoga studios in there, you've got a whole bunch of uses that regardless of pandemic or the metaverse that Mark Zuckerberg is building, you can't replace fitness or wellness as a category. And I think Nanaimo downtown doesn't really have a great inventory of those fitness, wellness services. And another category for us is like experiential retail, coffee, restaurant, that sort of thing. Smart approach to it. Because I think one thing too, a lot of landlords have had to you mean learn probably the hard way over the past couple of years is just being a lot more selective with their tenant mixes and trying to create things not, not that are you know, pandemic proof for just the lack of better words, but something too that you're maybe not 100% invested in a certain type of industry that unfortunately during the pandemic might have fell, fell on hard times. And we've seen that in other markets like in Kamloops, for example, where some buildings were being, you know, marketed as kind of like food hall concepts. And then the pandemic came along and now it's just, it's been literally empty. And you I mean, yeah. I think, you know, that's obviously sounds like that's part of the strategy is looking at it. Hey, what, are what are needs that will survive in these retail things, regardless to the retail landscape, such as fitness and all of that stuff. So I think it's you know it's a great strategy. It sounds like. Well, maybe it's like a bit of a trauma from operating a business that was entirely disrupted by technology. Amy Sound was in Western Canada, one-stop shop for a lot of home electronics, whether it's your TV, your CDs, movies, and like. Eventually, the car stereo department was a big hit with a lot of people. When you have iTunes and you have London Drugs or Amazon cropping up, you don't really have any way to reposition that business. So now that we're a real estate company, we're looking at it from that lens, figuring out what's going to be 
sustainable. What's going to be surviving, whether it's a pandemic or whether people, you know, everybody gets a Peloton or a mirror fitness thing in their house. Are there still things that draw them to real estate outside of their four walls that we call a home? What's happening? Can you talk a little bit more about just Nanaimo and why you're excited about it? I mean, obviously the island is booming and um, there's lots of interest in Victoria and Nanaimo right now. Can you maybe talk about how the downtown is changing? Have you heard that song, Island Boys? <laughs> it's one of Corey's Sorry. favorites, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I listened to it before I got in here. Yeah, I listen to that every time I get on the ferry, of course you bet. Um, <laughs> just so I can get in like the mindset. Something about the island for me is that it's like not really defined what it is. It still feels kind of like the hippie, as I said before, Squamish kind of culture. And there's so much potential for somebody to step up and help the community really put their mark on the greater Vancouver metro area. And I love an opportunity to do something like that. And that's why I love coming to Calgary and to Edmonton is that it feels like these cities are starting to kind of define themselves. And that's what we saw in Nanaimo. And that's why it made sense for us to look at this property and look at the the downtown area and say, what is it that defines Nanaimo's downtown? I go there at least a couple of times every quarter and I'm going to go in there after this quick road trip. So I should be able to report back on what I find when I'm out there is the culture and the kind of persona of the Nanaimo's downtown. So clearly, you know, in thinking about Steiner properties and how many various sites you guys own, what are some of the unique challenges with, with this site in Nanaimo? Mm, there is that great change. We're getting right down to the nitty gritty. Is banked up behind this slope. So half of the building is almost underground. And if you were going to chop it up in a traditional retail way, you'd have what a lot of brokers would call like bowling alley lane. It's just too narrow, too deep, no natural light. And when we saw that, we thought, why don't we kind of flip the building on its side? And now it looks like kind of like a food court or a, uh, a market. And we looked at a bunch of different markets that were closed in. Yeah, so it's, it's got a totally different look and feel than anything else around downtown. Well, I think one thing, too, where this building is positioned as you enter the downtown core on terminal there is it sort of creates a gateway entry as you come in. So I think it's got a really unique opportunity to really set the tone of Nanaimo's downtown core. And I think with Nanaimo, because we've been obviously intensely following that market from a brokerage standpoint now for quite some time, is it seemed like it had so much potential, but nobody was tapping in from the private sector to sort of bring that potential to the surface, where now there's plenty of developers that have acquired both land in there from a holding benefit purpose all the way to sort of um, income-producing properties that I think where you guys sit, you really have that ability to really kind of change and create that gateway into downtown I know recently there was a building just to, I think it's probably heading left from where you guys are east, that had a fire years ago. And that's now in the works of coming to finally coming to fruition from my understanding. The city of Nanaimo acquired the building there just next to that site. So it finally seems to see that part of the downtown core has some revitalization behind it. And it seems like Steiner Properties will be leading that charge with this, uh, with your new project. Yeah, 
yeah, well, we're not alone. There's also Omicron with almost 200 rental homes just down the street from us on Fitzwilliams. Yeah, Fitzwilliams and Wallace or Wesley there. Yeah, and there's a lot of work being done by Anthem. And we're fortunate to kind of be the new kid on the block or the smallest group in the competitive marketplace of developers that Nanaimo has right now. So this building that Omicron is doing is kind of in partnership with TELUS. And maybe that then gives us an opportunity to do something that will service those people. Or knowing that there's, you know, like hotels being built downtown, that means that we're not hotel developers. We're developers for things that help whoever is staying there, you know, enjoy the downtown area. So that's also kind of something that we were looking at and telling ourselves, okay, when that comes, we're ready to step up and be, as you say, like a catalyst for downtown. So, so Jacob, I'm kind of curious because clearly, you know, just thinking about how the company owns all these properties all over geographically, and you seem to be obsessed with real estate just generally. What other markets in BC are you really excited about? Uh, personally, and maybe a little selfishly, I just left Revelstoke for a friend's stag, and I can't get enough of Revelstoke. I haven't spent enough time in Fernie or kind of in the Lake Country, like Kamloops down to Soyuz. Oh, get me going. And there's like Pemberton to Lillooet to Ashcroft. There's so many different small towns in BC that are so primed for us to, you know, build towns into what I think a lot of other provinces and states. I spent a lot of time in like Los Angeles and San Francisco. They kind of missed the mark. And I feel like fixing for city planning or for just design and community involvement in the design process is exactly what and Alberta are set up for in that we can build really great places for communities and for like the larger provinces and the economies to succeed at a level that not a lot of places across the Pacific Northwest and the prairies have done in the past. And yeah, Revelstoke is really exciting to me. And I think a lot of the towns on the island, like from Nanaimo down to like Langford and west of that to against the Jordan River, they're all great places. They're just taking their time and being very Canadian in the sense that not a lot of people pull the trigger on projects that if you had, you know, the money and the population that the the US has would succeed. So we're we're conservative and we're slower moving, but yeah, I'm excited about kind of all those all those small BC towns that are yet to be realized. Now, is that next on the to-do list for Steiner Properties then to acquire in I'm these just, small uh, towns? I, I just Google mapped uh, A and B sound sites here. I'm just trying to find out where else you guys own. <laughs> <laughs> so how many how many A and B sound sites are in the portfolio? Uh, it would be easier to count backwards on ones that were sold. I think in Winnipeg, that was sold. Uh, good move. That was a good sale. Adam's from Winnipeg. Uh, well, Adam's from Winnipeg. <laughs> I, I'm the you only one. You live there been... now. You're still from Winnipeg, and you live there. Uh, no, no. He, he moved west to Vancouver. No. Yeah, he got no, I, as quickly I, as possible. Yeah, I, I moved west for sure. But I'd love to hear a bit more about where or how many sites are are remaining. But also, you said something interesting at the early early on in the interview, Jacob. 
that you're knowing not to sell. Can you talk about strategically why that's that's been a position? Yeah, it's a couple different factors at play there. When you purchase property many, many years ago and you're operating a business out of those properties, you're able to pay it off. And now we don't have as much debt as a lot of other development companies would have with the same scale of portfolios. So we like to keep it that way. We're not building a lot outside of what our operations can pay off, aside from this project in Vancouver on Hastings, uh, just off Highway 1, kind of by the p and We've taken a loan from the BC Housing Program, and uh, we were able to build this with the Rents 100 Program. So we're building a six-story passive house project with five floors of rental homes above ground floor retail. And aside from that, most of our restoration and maintenance, call it, is done out of cash flow. And it puts us in a unique position where we're really not the same as, say, like a Port or a Bosa or any of these developers that are building strata or, yeah, operating in a traditional way. We've got a different approach. And we look at opportunities very differently. So the only acquisition that we've made since being AMB Sound is on the Beltline in Calgary. I just was at that property today and I love it. Love the neighborhood. And if we were looking at anything else, whether it's Revelstoke or Kamloops or Nanaimo, it's got to make sense for us from a kind of different position than a lot of other developers look at it. And yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to remain that way. We've also started looking at different opportunities Within the portfolio, as you mentioned, there's a bunch of old Amy Sounds, and they're kind of set up differently in that there was a retail mindset when we were acquiring these properties. So there's a bit of regional separation between sites, but also proximity so that you're not so far away. If you think about like Amy Sound and somebody says, hey, I've got somebody that wants to buy an old flat screen back in 2002. You could get it from the Surrey locations, the Langley, or from the Langley to the Coquitlam quick enough that that customer doesn't leave, but also you're far enough away so somebody from one market doesn't have to drive to the other or the, the competition isn't creating some sort of you know cannibalism internally. Yeah. And yeah, now we're looking at how do we create a portfolio that has that same sort of synergy as it does when you're an owner-operator. And one of those things for us is electric vehicle charging stations and potentially looking at creating some sort of network between the properties through those and then through other related uses of the properties. That all sounds exciting. And I, I know you're on the road there and we've taken up quite a bit of time. Before we let you go here, we have a, a six-pack. We ask you six light-hearted questions about yourself so we get to know you a little okay. bit better outside of the, the office here. So if you got more time for us, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I'm so ready. We'll, we'll, give, yeah. we'll give you the easy ones off the bat. Uh, favorite movie? Um, favorite movie. I just watched, I can't give you a favorite, but I just watched The Mask of Zorro. And if you haven't watched that classic, coming from a guy who has a crazy DVD library. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine what yeah. that looks like. <laughs> that one had some one-liners that I sent to a bunch of the boys. I was just on a stag in Revelstoke, and yeah, there's a lot of inside jokes and 
All right. Uh, next question up. A book you'd recommend to our listeners? Oh, man. There's a book that was stolen from me. Not stolen. I guess if you give somebody a book and then they don't return it, it's not really stolen. But I would like to get it back. But I, I give away so many books, I don't know who has it. So that's the first problem. But um, Sacred Hoops, which is a bit of a biography on Phil Jackson, the coach of the Bulls, two runs for three consecutive NBA championships. I love that book. I might just buy it again while I'm on this trip. Well, you may or may not know this, but the Audible is now on your phone there. You can just download it if you'd like versus buying it. <laughs> yeah, no, I still shop at uh, local bookstores, used bookstores, and I still buy DVDs. Yeah. Nice. What is your favorite band? Ooh, uh, favorite band. I went through a long, uh, long classic rock phase, and I love Led Zeppelin. And I still have records. I don't know if that's cliche given my background, but uh, Led Zeppelin's a great band to me. And then for a modern band, the best concert I went to before lockdown was by a group called Wet at uh, Vancouver's Imperial venue, which is one of my favorite venues. And, and just just my curiosity, when you would go into A and B Sound, did you have to pay for the CDs? Or could you just pick them up and walk out with the family discount? <laughs> yeah, I put on my balaclava and I pretend to steal them. <laughs> I gotcha. pull it off at the end. No, uh, we would go in and yeah, I could pick up a few CDs. But a funny thing, kind of at the end of Amy Sound's life cycle was they started selling books kind of like Indigo and Amazon. And yeah, Nick would bring home like a bunch of Berenstain Bears and all the classic kids books or movies like old DVDs and CDs so I didn't actually go into the stores that many times or into the office I went into the office for uh, take your kid to work day I think only a couple of times that's fair that's fair favorite restaurant or bar and maybe we'll do the Vancouver edition here when you're uh, when you're in town what's your favorite restaurant or bar in town there's so many new good ones that have popped up the last restaurant that's close my heart is Savio Volpe because when I was at Mosaic Homes or I was working in the commercial and rental side of the business, we turned an old gas station into Savio Volpe space. So that was awesome to see. And I love uh, Paul and the amazing food there. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm a bit of a ski snowboard bum. So when I go into Goo in Gastown, it feels like I'm stepping into 1080 snowboarding. I don't know if you guys remember that classic N64 game, but yeah, every time I'm in town, I try to go there. I love it. I remember, I'm not sure what game it was, but I remember it was a snowboard game of some sort and you hit the jump and I would just push every button on the controller as many times as I could and this guy would look like a human pretzel and then I'd, I'm surprised he didn't break his back when he hit the snow. I was so bad. Yeah, I'm living through that right now as I'm coming off some hard days at Revy. <laughs> Question number five. Two more questions. We've two got, more questions. Yeah, question number back. five is: uh, What is your favorite TV show? Uh, uh, it's Creek. My girlfriend got me into Fitz Creek, so that's classic. I love Eugene Levy, and I'm a bit of a classic Canadian. Where whenever there's a Canadian, I'm like, "Oh, did you know so and so? That's a Canadian, great actor, right?" And Seinfeld recently went on Netflix, so that's fun to rewatch those. Don't know if I have a favorite though. What about you guys? Favorites? 
Well, my favorite show is whatever whatever Netflix show my kids have on. So as of late, it's Masha Bear, which happens to be my favorite show right now. So there's no speaking in it. It's just music and a bear and a girl running around for 45 minutes. So And less dreaming for you, I guess. <laughs> keeps, keeps them entertained. So that that's the key yeah. thing. Last question up here yeah. for you. A piece of advice you'd give to our listeners, maybe who are looking to enter the commercial real estate market for the first time coming from a long family history of real estate now that the portfolio is just sort of reshaping there. What's a piece of advice you could provide a listener? Uh, if you find people that are open to new ideas, or if you can carve out something that, you know, brings you joy in some way, it's a lot more fun. So I've been a huge benefactor of taking more courses or just trying my hand at small things like, uh, interior design and learning from people who are experts in the field. So my piece of advice, I guess, is just to keep your optimism high because I also was a research analyst at CBRE, so it's hard to stay optimistic uh, <laughs> when you're in a room like that. But yeah, it's really such a like open industry for new ideas that yeah. if you're a creative person, I can't encourage enough people to get involved or, I don't know, Maybe give me a call and we can come up with something new and exciting for you to work on. Well, Jacob, you know, we really appreciate you taking your time today. How can our how can our guests find out more about what you're doing and Steiner Properties? Uh, we've got the website which is currently being tuned up with the impressive work of Redshift Collective, uh, agency in Vancouver. So steinerproperties.ca is gonna be fresh and probably live with more pages. <laughs> Just one page right now, but more coming soon. And then my own ideas and conversations happen on my own website called offmarketdine.com. And uh, yeah, check out those two web addresses and get in touch. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. We know you're on the road there. And, and thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Hey, no worries. It's between Red Deer and Alberta. So it's a straight line and uh, not a lot of obstacles <laughs> on the road. <laughs> Well, safe travels, and uh, we look forward to talking to you really, really, really soon. Thanks so much for your time, Jacob. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. There you have it, folks. Our interview with Jacob Steiner of Steiner Properties. A lot of exciting stuff. Made me Incred nostalgic. Incredible family history. Yeah, exactly. It made me want to go, uh, well, I don't have a CD or DVD collection anymore, but it made me want to have one. Well, he, he commented there too on the DVD collection and CD collection he probably has. Yeah. So could, could you, you imagine? Could you imagine like, like, hey, that, uh, you know, 500 Nickelback CDs came in for Tuesday's launch. Do you want one a week early? Like, yeah. How exciting would that be? You must get angry when, you know, dad comes home empty handed. Well, you couldn't. You'd, Every single week there's new CDs. Like you'd have to. You'd have to. You'd, have, talks you, about, you'd set a bar and then you'd have to keep fulfilling it. And one thing I didn't know about Amy's son, I didn't know they eventually sold books. No, I didn't know about I that I had no either. idea. What an odd pivot too. And I almost want to go back and look at the, the history of this, but it was like when Indigo changed, yep. A and B kind of copied and they, everybody went towards the same direction. Yeah. And then now you think about that, it's like that's, you know, Audible and Kindle and... Yeah. What do you sell these days? I guess what does Indigo sell? That's I guess Christmas gifts and scarves, scarves and scarves, mittens and gloves, plants and coffee mugs. Plates. Yeah, yeah. What a, the shift has clearly <laughs> happened. Um, I wanted to ask you because we've talked a little bit about this off air, but you're excited about Nanaimo 
And we kind of, in the conversation, touched on a few people that are kind of going in. But to you, what are some of the indicators in terms of projects and properties that have been acquired that make you think that the writing is on the wall? Well, I really think one thing too that we always look for, so commercial real estate tends to lag a little bit of residential development. Like obviously we sell development sites that eventually end up into condos, but commercial real estate lags a little bit because commercial real estate provides spaces for jobs essentially. So as we're looking at marketplaces, we're looking for various indicators in there. Like one of the biggest things is what developers are buying in there and what are they buying, right? right? So when you start seeing that and that stuff starts happening usually years before the public kind of finds out because we're on the forefront of knowing who's buying what in that market. So there's a lot more developers that are now coming into the Nanaimo market, which is a clear indicator that they believe the population growth is going to continue. We also look at what industries are thriving now. And if you say, take us something like, unfortunately, like a Calgary that was so heavily invested in the oil and gas sector when that industry kind of fell, the market collapsed right along with it. So we look at what type of industries are going in there now. And is it healthcare industry is expanding? Is it government? Like where, what are, what are industries? And Nanaimo obviously has more and more of that now growing than what it did maybe 10 years ago. So that plays a really big thing. And then we also look at things too, like, like why are people going to Nanaimo? Like what's there? Is it, is it a blip on the radar? Is it something where there's sustainability? Is, is there COVID? infrastructure? Yeah. Is it, is, is it COVID? Are people going to go up there and then be like, hey, I don't like it and go back to Victoria or Vancouver? So we try to look at why people are going there. And a lot of it is is infrastructure. Like, is there communal infrastructure? And we're really excited in, like, in an upcoming episode here in a couple of weeks, we have the mayor of Langford coming on. Right. And, and he talks all about, that's Langford's secret, right? They put in such amazing infrastructure that attracted the developers that created not just houses, but homes for people. And now you have a great thriving community. Right. Right. So we look at stuff like that, like as Nanaimo bringing infrastructure. Other thing you look at too is like councils. Like, are they very pro development councils? Are they councils where they don't want developers coming in? Sure. So you know, all those things kind of go into it. And it seems like Nanaimo right now definitely has a spotlight on it, maybe more so than what it did even a year ago. And I think the lack of inventory available just in BC period has put more eyes on Nanaimo than maybe otherwise they thought at this point. But obviously, we're very bullish on it. We like Nanaimo. We have an office going into Nanaimo next year. So, you know, we think that's the marketplace that's going to just thrive in the next five to 10 years. What about choosing an asset class in that market? Really, really important. That obviously plays a big role in it. What we come from sort of like in, say, downtown Vancouver, where a lot of people live and work downtown, that doesn't always translate to these small cities. And by that, I mean, there's not a lot of development in quotations from condos in the downtown core. People are sort of on the outskirts of the downtown core is where it is. So really understanding the asset class, going downtown and maybe getting, you know, like going downtown and buying a rental multifamily building may not be the top thing to buy when a lot of people aren't in that marketplace. Understanding, you mean the office sector there, like who are the office tenants in the area? Is it mom and pop shops and local places or is it, I mean, government of Canada tenants coming in? So really understanding that. And the turnover in these small towns, especially on the retail level, the vacancy rates are, are higher, obviously, but the turnover of tenants, once they do eventually turn, to actually backfill those units could take a lot longer. So that's where, regardless to what the, the potential cap rate looks like, you mean a cap on vacancy is zero. Right. Right. So if like, this building has a 15 cap rate, there's no tenants now, but there could be. I mean, <laughs> that understanding that stuff and not just getting sucked into numbers is really, really important, especially in small towns. Fantastic. And you think there's uh, still a long runway with Nanaimo? I think so, for sure. If you look what happened in Victoria over the past five years, and Victoria was a market that if you go back beyond that, there was probably property where we've talked to brokers where they had stuff at like six and seven cap rates. Good product, but they couldn't give it away because there wasn't that excitement yet in Nanaimo. And now 
If you look at where the asset classes in Victoria have gone, you look at the price per foot of retail, especially the the new development stuff has gone. I mean, I don't think it's going to have the same uh, trajectory just yet. Now, I've been wrong before, so maybe uh, you could look you look back on this recording a year from now and be like, you completely missed the boat. I don't think it's going to have the same trajectory that Victoria had in Nanaimo, but I definitely think it's got a great upswing. And getting into something like that now, where you have above average population growth, you've got a lot of surrounding towns that can help feed Nanaimo there, as well as you are a port town. So you do have, you know, hour and a half, you're in West Vancouver. So stuff like that, I think is, is really, really important. So we, we're very bullish on it. We love Nanaimo. I don't think Nanaimo will grow as quickly from a percentage gain as say you saw in Victoria, but nevertheless, Nanaimo is a great market to get into and get into it now. Fantastic. And Corey, how can people find out more about what you're up to and get in touch with William Wright? They can always visit us on our website at williamwright.ca. They can call our Vancouver office at 604-428-5255. Let us know what asset class they're looking for. We'll gladly put you in touch with the best broker for your, your needs anywhere in the province. And they can also send me an email anytime, Corey at williamwright.ca. Always happy to talk real estate. I'm so excited for this Mayor of Langford episode. Be a great one. So we're soon. very fortunate. We have the Mayor of Langford coming up. We also have the Mission Group CEO, John Friesen, joining us. Oh, nice. Yeah, we had him before. And unfortunately, we had to reschedule him. So we have right. him coming on, talking all about Kelowna. And they've had you know exciting acquisitions, some big, big acquisitions they have. They've wow. got some great joint ventures coming out, including the new UBCO campus, which all those drawings got released. So be great to have him on. Definitely one of Kelowna's premier developers. We uh, it was it's probably been a year or so, but we had John Friesen on uh, Vancouver Real Estate Podcast, yeah. his sister show, and I got to say that was one of my all time favorite conversations. I think we had. He's a super thoughtful guy. Very very thoughtful guy. You know, very articulate in his decision yeah. making. Like like you can learn a lot from him in a short period of time. No kidding. So I think our, our listeners, I think, will walk away and definitely you know tee that up as one of their favorite episodes as well. Excellent. All right. Well, looking forward to those shows. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's it for today. Thanks for listening, guys. Subscribe today.